Welcome everyone to the live version. This is September 29th in the year 2020 of the Walker AC Experience. I am your host. I am Walker AC, the corny guy with the, with the horrible dad jokes. In this special edition of the show, I have a very special guest I'd like to bring in. But of course, first as always, I'd like to say thank you for podme.com for allowing to take $14.99 out of my checking account every single month to provide this show for you. You can always find me under WalkerAC76 at podbean.com. Once again, that's WalkerAC76 at podbean.com. You can find me on YouTube under WalkerAC. That's where we'll find the origins of the Henry O Podcast Show, the Walker AC Experience, my animation, all the fun stuff that people love. And it's also, very important. you can find me on TikTok <laughs> under WalkerAC. For those of you who downloaded the show, thank you. For those of you who hit that notification on your phone to let you know that I'm here, thank you. For those of you who love me, I appreciate it. For those of you who hate me, we love you too. Sitting there on your couch or your chair listening to me begrudgingly, you are listening and we still love you for that. So nanny nanny boo boo. I love everybody. Now today, <laughs> my wonderful guest is a very good friend of mine of many years. Uh, she graduated FSU in 2010. Uh, BA in English and Music, a former editor, moderator, and blogger of Genius.com, attended a Brindle Conference for writers in Sicily, Italy for poetry. She is a paragon of knowledge, a oh, tremendous yes. person, <laughs> and a dear sweet friend of mine. Welcome to this show, uh, Jesse. Uh, Hi, Jesse. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. <laughs> you forgot my name. Oh, I wasn't going to say the full name just in case you, know, you have warrants or anything. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> So how are you today? How have you been? I'm fine. I got some uh, time by the river, so that was nice. <laughs> I also got ice cream, which made my day. Yes, that makes her extremely happy. I'm a bit of an addict. Now, see, <laughs> now, why, now why do I have her on the show, you may ask, as she sits next to me all gushy and, and, and blushing and everything. Because uh, I'm awesome. Well, that too. <laughs> and also, one of the topics that we're going to talk about today um, is, is autism. Uh-huh. You know, it's, you know, something that's very serious, something that I've always been curious about, how that it's works. It's not that serious. And <laughs> especially since I really can't speak on it. So, so this, is why, this is why I bring you in. So my first question to you is, what is your definition of, you know, of autism? And being autistic, I mean, you know, you know, how does it make you feel? How does that, uh, you know, you know, what, what's your viewpoint on the world? You know, you know, through the eyes of that. <laughs> the softballs, huh? No. Um. <laughs> it's gonna get more difficult. But it's fine. <laughs> no, that, I, that was a joke because it's a lot of a lot of things to say. Um, so, autism. I mean. The DSM has like its own specific criteria. Uh, the where where I fit on the spectrum. So right now it's just ASD, which Autism Spectrum Disorder. So it's uh, a broad spectrum. There are people who are considered. We don't usually like these terms within the community, but like quote unquote uh, low functioning autistics, and then quote unquote high functioning autistics, and everything kind of in between. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Blah blah blah. Um, where I would fall in is probably in the more like. Asperger category where I um, I am good with communication and language even though I'm really really awkward so that hasn't been a problem for me but in social interactions I really really struggle 
Um, as far as my views on the world, um, it's very challenging for me to, me personally, I can't speak for all autistic people, but for me personally, it's very challenging to do a lot of uh, everyday things that are easy for people. For example, I have a lot of anxiety around driving or working a quote unquote nor normal job. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Take it away, Adrian. <laughs> Very good. No, like I, said, I mean, something like this, you know, I, I was always curious about because, you know, obviously, I mean, autism is you know, it, is really important, and you know, there's a very, very big community, you know, to support such a thing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know you have a community as well that you join. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, to you know to have that support, you know, you know, like that, you know, that you need. Um, any particular challenges that you dealt with? You know, you know, you know, being you know, being in social situations, you know, social gathering, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, what's what's the misconception, of, you, know, uh, you know, you know, about being autistic and autism? Um, there, well, there's a lot of misconceptions. I think that one of the more challenging ones for me personally is because I um, am able to. Uh, <laughs> I'm real good with words, <laughs> so. Um, I'm able to uh, speak in a certain way that I think um, some people get the idea that I'm smart or able to do certain things, but just because I, I have a gift with words and music doesn't mean that I'm strong in other areas. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, my spatial awareness is not great. <laughs> I'm like, my spatial awareness isn't great. I actually have something um, called dyscalculia or it's D-Y-S. C-A-L-C-U-L-I-A, -A. and wait, did I spell that right? Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and um, it's basically like uh, dyslexia, but with numbers, so I get very confused with numbers sometimes. What? Go slow ahead. down. I don't know how to slow down. <laughs> okay, continue. That's how I always talk, Adrian. <laughs> Adrian's telling me to slow down. <laughs> I just had ice cream. What do you expect from me? Okay, good point. Continue. My bad. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm very uh, not great with numbers, but I am good with words. What was the question again? Oh, struggles that I have. Social things. Um, yeah. The, the, the common misconception. You know, Com that. Common misconception. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically... Uh, there's this misconception that if you are on the spectrum that like, you're like some kind of super genius in one or like a few areas and like you have like savant skills or whatever and some people do but that's not you know it's not like we're all like rain man running around here you know <laughs> like um, but uh, and yeah I don't know I think there's a lot of misconceptions um, I don't know okay and, and of course you know color me stupid but what Color do you mean? me stupider. Exactly. What do you mean by on the spectrum? What, you know, oh, okay. What, um, what is that? Well, uh, <laughs> it, so, like I said, in the DSM, um, they, which is the manual that they use to sort of have criteria to diagnose various uh, disorders, and in there they talk about. Um, autism spectrum disorder as uh, being very broad. So you might have, if you're autistic, you could be labeled autistic and be very limited in your functionality as far as like not some uh, people on, on the spectrum are not 
good with like even feeding themselves or sometimes they like rock a lot or they'll get really obsessed with particular things um so that could be one end of the spectrum is like maybe not as uh capable of being independent or close to independent Um, and then there are some people that are able to be totally independent and hold down a job and function in society in a pretty quote-unquote normal way but just really really struggle with social interactions does that make sense no absolutely i don't know you know i'm rambly i can't always focus and this is scaring me so no it's okay this this is why we have you on the show you know because like i said i mean there, you know, like there's so many different, you know, <clears throat> so many definitions of, of, of autism and, and being autistic. Right. That's and why it's challenging to like pin down like one singular example, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, I just wanted to, you know, to, to raise my awareness of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I never knew how it worked. And, and once again, I mean. But what it is, is it's a secret society. You have to go for five years, you get a membership card, and then you walk down, you meet a dude in a yellow rain slicker, and then he gives you a secret password. You go knock on a door seven times. They open the door, but you have to give them the secret password. No, I don't know. <laughs> the password is bubblegum. All right. So. Mm, bubblegum. <laughs> totally threw me off here. <laughs> you see, the wonderful thing about the show, we don't do any edits. We just talk openly, honestly about everything. I mean... Do you, I mean, do, were you tested? Yes. Um, and now I don't remember. <laughs> do, you remember do you remember what age you, you were tested? I mean, like, do you remember why you were tested? Was there like a certain there thing? There was a couple or? things that happened. So when I was younger, um, it was very clear that I wasn't quote unquote neurotypical. So within, see the labeling thing really stresses me out because in general, I kind of feel like these labels are bunk, but like in order to get help, that you might need, uh, a lot of times you have to have an official diagnosis and like it has to be documented. So when I was younger, it was clear that there were issues. I was very awkward socially. I bit kids a lot because I would get, now looking back on it, I understand what it was. They thought I was just being a brat, but really what it was is I would get overstimulated and having anybody in my space would stress me out. And so uh, if somebody got too close, I would lash out and bite them. And I'm talking about like preschool, you know? So by the time I got to kindergarten, they kind of shut that down. Um, But I still had a lot of issues interacting with other children. Uh, By third grade, they put me, but I had very, um, very good reading skills. And like, I read the most books in the school. Like I just, you know, excelled in that particular area. So it was challenging because they couldn't just be like, okay, well, she's, She's not able to do like the coursework and the academic work because I could and I was I excelled at it, but socially I struggled pretty bad. So by third grade, they um, tested me and said that I was gifted, just kind of like you know, <laughs> like no specific uh, diagnosis other than just gifted that I thought differently or whatever. And so once a week I would go and go to another school for a gifted program. Um, and uh, where we did kind of like alternate learning, alternative learning. Um, So instead of just sitting there learning spelling words, taking a test, getting a gold star, we would work in a greenhouse, we would, um, which is partly where I get my love of, you know, plants, Um, and just do different activities and stuff that instead of just like sitting there and doing like the same work 
Does that make sense? No, it does. What were you talking about? <laughs> so, so I mean, oh, when, I mean, my official. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, but, yeah. No, yeah, official so diagnosis. As, so that was as a child, and um, and then that kind of carried through all through middle and high school. You know, just taking advanced classes, advanced placement classes, and things like that. And then <clears throat> in college, I struggled really, really hard socially. That was very challenging. I loved college. I I learned a lot. I had a lot of really cool experiences, but I that's when I started going to a lot of counseling and therapy and support groups and trying to figure out how to fix myself because I didn't really know what was going on. And for a lot of um, uh, like people with Asperger's, which is not, like I said, this is not a technical term in the DSM anymore. They removed it. But with people who fall into that category more um like it better <laughs> more better <laughs> real good for people who fall into that um where i can't i'm getting confused yeah, sorry it's okay if we need if we need a break we'll take a break if we need a pause we'll take a pause no no okay no i know where i was going with this okay so college difficulties, figuring out who i was um a lot of people with asperger's don't get diagnosed until later in life um, because uh, you're able to function fairly well and especially with women we're good at masking it or in my case I just kept my mouth shut a lot of times so people didn't know what was actually going on in my brain <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so my official adult diagnosis was I guess a couple of years ago a few years ago and that was uh, a test and they monitored me and made me do all these puzzles and crap and yeah, that was the ADOS 2 test. So that's my official um, adult diagnosis was only a few years ago. So once you found out that you were diagnosed with autism, I mean, how did, how did that feel for you? I mean, was it a relief? Was it, was it yeah. frightening? Was it just, oh, okay, you know, now I know why I act this way or just... Well, it was, it was long suspected and I'd been told multiple times through different therapists, through people, you know, people who worked with special needs uh adults like that so it was suspected it's just like that it was properly quote-unquote properly documented it wasn't until later but I already kind of knew it and I had already been doing a lot of research on it and I was like oh, okay these are my people um, <clears throat> it was a relief and I've definitely in the last several years I've definitely found um, a, a broader community of people that I can really connect with on uh, a profound level and in very unique ways that I was like oh, I'm really weird, nobody thinks like this, or nobody acts like this, or nobody does this. Um, and like with a, like this eye contact situation, <laughs> like I'm very bad with eye contact when I'm talking. If somebody else is talking, I can like per, like look at them, but it distracts me like looking at somebody's face because I have to, it's like I have to think about what I'm thinking about. And if I look at other people for like social cues, I, there's too many variables happening and it confuses me and so like it's not that I don't like looking at you you're you're a lovely little creature but like, <laughs> it, it confuses me like just there's a lot of factors there's a lot of stimuli coming at me at, at all times you know what I mean mm -hmm. <clears throat> so do you I mean do you think that you should have been diagnosed early or mm -hmm. Or, I mean, is it more, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to word it, because boys are diagnosed faster than girls. Generally, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, 
Now, and I mean, is that something, I mean, that you think that children should be tested at a very early age for that? Because, you know, most, you know, most don't realize it until they see symptoms. Right. It is, it, it's usually diagnosed on like a behavioral level. You can do some sort of brain scan and stuff, but like it, it is, um, it's, it's monitoring behaviors and, you know, rocking behaviors, antisocial behaviors. In boys, a lot of times it's uh, delayed speech or speech problems um, are, can, can be an indication. But see, that's, again, going back to the whole spectrum thing. Because it is so broad and because it is so nuanced, there's no, like, 100%, you know, if you have A, B, C, and D, you're autistic. You know, like, it's not that easy. And with girls, it's a lot more complex because you're factoring in, the fact that uh, women, it, you know, just traditionally we're supposed to be more social and more emotional. Obviously, I'm stereotyping, but it's, you, you know, and so we try to, women will mask and try to, like, imitate other girls and pretend like we get this whole, like, oh, hey, your hair is really pretty. Oh, cute dress, right? Oh, yeah, that guy is super cute, and he, when, like, I don't, care about any of that stuff most of the time like that's not my thing like I want to talk about bees or like plants or my cat food and now to go back on what I talked about a few minutes ago you know once you found out to trade diagnosed with it you know you were okay with it um oh, was, yeah. was there a part of you or a part of your parents that thought okay well maybe if there's a medication you know that we can give her you know, yeah. to quote-unquote cure her. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, once again, I'm not saying that being autistic or having autism is a bad thing, but at that particular moment, you know, did you did you want, you know, some kind of miracle drug? Or did your parents feel that they wanted some kind of miracle drug, you know, to cure you, to make you, you know, to, to, make, you know, to make you not have this? Yeah, well, my mother definitely had a lot of guilt because, as you know, my mother works with special needs children, but they're on a much... Uh, God, I hate these terms, you know, a low, quote unquote, lower level, like you, if you, if we can get them to like write their name by the end of the year, you know, some of them, you know, like that's like progress. Like it's, it's a, it's a more obvious thing, you know? So she's worked with special needs kids for decades. And I think she was angry at herself for not realizing that her own child, you know, had the same diagnosis as some of the children that she works with, but it wasn't her fault because like I said, it's, it's so complex and I did such a good job masking for so many years and doing well academically that it was, it was always like, oh, Jessie's just weird, she's just awkward, she's just whatever. But as I got older and I wasn't hitting any of the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, standard, you know, landmarks for adults, you know, like career, children, marriage, none of that stuff. Like I have not, I'm 34 years old. I haven't hit any of those, you know. I did get my college degree. It took me a little bit longer than it should have. Um, there was some other stuff going on in my life, some, you know, losses in the family that hit me pretty hard. But mostly it was the social anxiety and having to, like, be around uh, other students and how to how to do that, you know. It was a challenge, you know. Um, but I think my mother did have a lot of guilt. I don't think there was ever a point where she was like, oh, if we could have just cured her or fixed her, then we would have. But she's definitely, over the past several years, she's like, I really wish that I understood you more. You know, she's read more about it. She's asked me more questions. One of the things that um, I think they, my mom and stepdad didn't realize 
is that there's certain behaviors that I have to do in order for me to function okay. Like one of my things is long walks every morning. First thing I do is like I get up, I do maybe some journaling, meditating type of things, have some coffee, and I go for a walk from anywhere from like one and a half to two and a half hours. And the way that I always say it is like it helps me untangle my brain <laughs> because when I wake up, it's like it feels like my brain is just like total tangled mess. And when I walk, it just helps smooth everything out and I can start seeing I can start focusing like, okay, I need to do this today. I need to do this today. It, it just helps me put everything in perspective. And for me personally, did I think that, did I want there to be a cure at this point? No, I've kind of embraced it because I was like, oh, I get it now. Like I started, I read a lot of literature, uh, like Rudy Simone wrote some good stuff. There's some other good stuff out there, but like, um, I was like, okay, I found my, this explains a lot. I don't like to use it as like an excuse or a crutch, but like it explains a lot, you know? So with that, do you, I mean, you know, of course, you know, you're very fortunate enough to have, you know, your mom really care about it, really do her research and yeah. the homework about yeah. it. Do you feel that other parents out there that are kind of in denial, mm -hmm. you know, about that? Well, you know? my mom was in denial, which, you know, she did, but she didn't know, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, no, it's understandable. You know, it's just that, um, I think that some parents are in denial when it, you know, oh, when, well, it, when, when it knows something's different. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying wrong yeah. or out of the ordinary, but just something's different. You know, like their children acting, in a, you know, you know, in a, you know, in a different way or looking at things differently. Yeah. And I think some parents are in denial. I really don't want to go the extra step to find out or take right. a test or anything of that sort. I mean, do you, I mean, do you feel that that's more of the norm with them, or do you feel that parents are being more open-minded, you know, to this? Well, at this point, I think it's being more culturally acceptable because there are, you know, shows and stuff like Love on the Spectrum and uh, what is it, Atypical? Is that the other I think so. Yeah. Uh, I ha I've only seen a couple episodes of that one. Um, and it's movies and stuff. So, like, pop culture has kind of started, you know, incorporating it. And uh, it's still pretty male-oriented or whatever, but um, there's a lot. <laughs> we're, we're still learning about girls and women with autism that's you know um wait what were we talking about <laughs> sorry it's okay no just we were just mentioning you know you know if a parent's nowadays more accepting of oh, it right, or right. more yeah yeah so the pop culture thing i'm sorry i'm getting so off track this is very uh i don't know i'm used to living out in the woods and not talking to people ever <laughs> so um <clears throat> uh i yeah i think it's being more uh, now you mentioned something about um, it's more you know mainstream with boys. Mm -hmm. You know, what, um, elaborate on that just a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, there's a couple of things going on there. I think I think one of them is it's a little bit more obvious early on for a lot of guys or a lot of boys when they're younger um, that something's off. You know, um, because uh, the verbal skills are a lot of times. A little delayed so it's like okay well what's going on here um, girls a lot of times actually if excel um, with verbal skills so it doesn't get caught until later but um, another factor is a lot of times boys with autism that are more quote-unquote high functioning their skill set is really prized in society right now like um, I've known a lot of 
autistic, you know, programmers or builders, engineers, um, people with uh, very uh, high levels of mathematical precision and, and things like that. And in a, a culture that prizes, you know, technological advancement, these skills are actually very beneficial. So it doesn't matter whether or not you can talk face to face to somebody, if you can sit there for 12 hours and create, you know, an entire program or app or whatever, then that's valuable, you know? <laughs> but like for me, <laughs> my skill set is not super lucrative <laughs> because it's like, oh, I know how to make these words rhyme or I can, one of the things is I'm a synesthete, so like I see sounds as colors and textures. What do I do with that knowledge? Nothing. So <laughs> um, it's just, I, I mean, there are ways of channeling my skills and I have, you know, I've done, you know, writing and blogging and I've gotten scholarships for writing and whatnot. And it's not that that's not valuable in its own way. It's just sometimes it's more, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's more appreciated in society if you're able to actually make or do something with your knowledge. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And you touched on when we first started talking uh, about your autism support groups. Okay. Um, so tell me how you discovered something like that. Okay, well, uh, first I was looking for different support groups, um, specifically for women, and I did find a couple, and we would just like correspond via email um, and stuff like that. Uh, and then most recently, <laughs> this uh, app that's supposed to be geared towards the autistic community. It's still a little clunky. They're still working things out. It's called Hickey, H-I-K-I. -I. I always say Hickey because I do not like saying Hickey. It sounds gross, but <laughs> and it's <laughs> but, um, it uh, it's a cool idea to connect autistic people. Right now, it's kind of going through uh, growing pains as far as trying to establish whether or not it's like a friend site or a dating site. It seems like it's trying to be both, but it doesn't have like clear delineation between the two groups. So it's a little bit difficult to navigate. It's a little slow and they're working on it. It's like, because I worked for Genius, you know, for a while, I know how challenging it is to work out things, especially when you're doing like a, a social media app, uh, just because you're connecting so many different people from all over the world, it, it takes some time to get it right. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, so like you do recommend that particular site, you know, like just to have that kind of, you know, support. Yeah, I mean. And along with it. It's cool. <laughs> it's I. <laughs> uh, and so, so it's pretty much with that. Um, is there anything you want to tell like parents, for example? Hmm. Um, you know, any, any, any kind of advice that you want to give a parent, you know, like that may have an autistic child. Yeah. You know, I mean, is this somebody who knows for sure they have an autistic child or suspects it or? Uh, both. Like, you know, we'll do both. One parent that suspects that, you know, like that suspects it, another parent that has a child, you know, that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you suspect that your child, like if they rock a lot, if they're having, rocking is not a prerequisite by any means, but for me personally, I was a rocker as a small child. I'd go in a corner, rock, listen to the same like 15 seconds of a song over and over and over again on my little play school tape player, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> um, I'm old. Um, <laughs> but, 
you know, if they rock, if they're having, mainly the main thing is the uh, social interactions being challenging, you know, like not being able to connect with other children or other people in general. So if you suspect a child, um, you know, I would recommend trying to get them into some sort of testing and some sort of uh, group. The gifted program was actually really helpful to me, even though I didn't have an official diagnosis at that point. Just um, being able to uh, interact with other people who are neurodiverse, which doesn't necessarily mean that you have autism, but you think differently in some kind of way, you know. Um, So, yeah, definitely get them tested. Get them some kind of group of people that they can hang out with that maybe are a little (laughs) weird, too. Mm -hmm. Um, For children um, that have been tested and um, 100%, you know, you're pretty sure that that's what's going on. Um, there, there's a lot of resources available. I know that some people are, uh, and this is tricky within the autism community. Autism Speaks is a good resource for some people. Some people within the autistic community do not like Autism Speaks because they feel like that particular organization is trying to cure autism or change autistic behaviors where a lot of people in the autistic community want uh, to just be accepted as they are and Mm -hmm. not be forced into a neurotypical world and to fit into that world. You know, it's like, this is who I am, you know, appreciate my strengths and don't try to change me. So that's a tricky thing, but Autism Speaks is a resource for some people and you can go to that that's probably the most prominent one in in the states um there are other resources um and organizations i am not able to think of them right offhand but i did mention rudy simone has some books that are um helpful to girls and women with asperger's um like uh, what, what are some of the titles uh 22 things that I think it's 22 things that um, a woman with Asperger's or autism wants her partner to know that's specifically for relationships like between a neurodivergent person woman and a neurotypical person man Um, it has kind of a dialogue between Rudy and I think it's her, her husband but her significant other and kind of like her take on things and how he uh, response to that so that's a good book for like a partnership if you're trying to work out some sort of relationship um, and then I don't know Google real quick um, and it should bring it up but there's um, there's several books and I usually I'm so good at this Adrian like I'm usually good at listing things but I, I didn't even think to write it down no no worries um, so actually one of my questions I have which once again pardon my ignorance What's the difference between Asperger's and, yeah. and autism? Asperger's is autism, but it's, um, hang on, that, that should bring up some of her books. All right, but go ahead. Please. Okay. Um, so, again, it's not technically an official diagnosis anymore unless you were uh, diagnosed with it prior to them changing it in the DSM. But... Um, it's, uh, it's just, it's a form of autism, but generally characterized by higher language skills and higher verbal skills. So you might have, and this was the case for me when they tested me, 
they said that my communication and verbal skills were really, really good, but everything else I, I scored like way, way autistic. <laughs> just like my interactions with people, um, just everything that they test me, tested me on other than my language skills. So generally, that's the thing. A lot of people have other skills in not just language, but have other skills that are very, very high that would be considered Asperger's. But it is very tricky because like I said, it's very nuanced. So it, the labels really stress me out, to be honest. I gotcha. So some of her books that you mentioned, uh, 22 Things a Woman Must Know If She Loves a Man with Asperger's Syndrome, just, just a few here. Uh, the A to Z of uh, ASD, uh, On Aspie's Guide to Life, um, Asperger's on the Job, Must Have Advanced, Must Have Advice for People with Asperger's, or High-Functioning Autism in Their Employers, Educators, and Advocates. Um, just a few of the books. You can Google that, Google that of course, or Amazon yeah. that, of and course. And then another uh, prominent figure in the autistic community, of course, is Temple Grandin. Um, she has a book called The Autistic Brain, which is helpful. Um, and there's various interviews, documentaries with her. So Temple Grandin, she's cool. Um, and I'm trying to think, there's there's a bunch there's there's a bunch of others. Um, and maybe that's something you can put in the notes or something, Adrian. I don't know, but um, I really can't think offhand right now. No, oh, no worries. I'm I mean, ice cream crashing. It's okay. <laughs> so, like, so what we'll, we'll do, like, we'll put a cap on this for now because it's something I definitely want to touch on in the future. Okay. Um, is just that I needed, to, I wanted to know from my own personal curiosity, you know, the difference. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, of course, there's people out there, you know, that may have autistic children mm -hmm. and they don't know, or if they do, they might not be sure how to handle it, mm -hmm. or they don't know what particular symptoms are, you know, or what the future is going to hold for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I had to. I will uh, say that. Um, a lot of quote-unquote higher functioning autistic people are able to live perfectly quote-unquote normal lives. <laughs> I hate all these labels. Um, but, you know, and it's just like any other issue you might have. Like even if you just have, like for me, I have high anxiety problems. But uh, even if I didn't have the autism, that would be something that I'd have to confront on a daily basis is is uh my anxiety and so it's just like anything else you just learn how to work with it and some people are able to not just survive or get by or be you know productive in society but actually thrive and figure out how to channel their skill set in such a way that it's really beneficial to themselves and society um you know temple grandin's done a lot of work helping to reform uh the way that our um, our food system works and uh, she envisions things differently and I feel like you know sometimes we think differently but when it's channeled in the right direction we can we can help change things that maybe other people wouldn't think of you know does that make sense no absolutely Oh God, I'm not good with words right no, now. You're perfectly fine. Uh, and and finally, just 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 a few more things. We wrap this up. Um, you let me know, you know, that, you know, a good way for you to you know, to work with things and how to clear your mind as you go for walks. Mm -hmm. Walks to clear your mind, get your day started. What other things do you do, you know, to get yourself ready for the day? 
Um, I have a couple of things personally that I, I do. Uh, I do journal. I, I was in the habit of doing Tai Chi, which I've gotten out of the... I, I just had like a significant transition where I had to move. So I'm reestablishing my routines. Routine's very important to me. Um, but Tai Chi, um, meditation, obviously my walks. Gardening is a huge one for me. Very... Um, very therapeutic activity for me and it also makes me feel most connected to the material world and to the universe and I don't know I, I love plants and nature um, writing obviously is a huge thing for me music uh, creating music listening to music all that and um, obsessing about food and nutrition <laughs> I think about food a lot absolutely I mean worse comes worse it's always potted meat but anyhow um, just, nobody's going to get that Adrian yeah, nobody's yeah, going to get yeah, that well, you know, just, got, just to touch on one more thing you mentioned love on the spectrum I've seen the series yes I love it um, just I give date us, them all uh, uh, just give us a brief little synopsis on, on, on love on the spectrum uh, well okay um <laughs> It's just a reality show that follows uh, different people on the spectrum that are trying to find some sort of partnership. Um, some of them are uh, open to same sex or looking for the one or just experimenting. A lot of times, that going back to the whole social thing, um, uh, it's a lot of people with autism struggle with forming relationships, whether that be friendships or romantic partnerships. So a lot of times we don't end up dating or having a sort of sexual experiences until later in life. So um, in this particular series, I think it was you know showing uh, different people and how they're you know just trying to have some sort of relationship. I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 a, really, it's a really good series. It's, it's on Netflix. And I really I highly like recommend when it. they're walking in the sunflowers. That's my favorite part. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> so once again, Jess Light, thank you for coming on my show. Yes. You know, Sorry, I, I'm retarded. I Sorry, really I know. I'm not supposed to use the word retarded. <laughs> I really do appreciate you taking the time. Also, you know, like, you know, the effort to you know sit here and talk to me and talk about this for a while. So it's I really do appreciate it. We can it. revisit, you know, more down the road different topics um this was kind of just like you know scratching the surface on everything and yeah just kind of this is kind of i wouldn't say impromptu since we kind of whatever but you know maybe next time we can be more formatted absolutely i mean <laughs> format on this show never <laughs> once again folks you can uh, always reach out to us at uh i'm me. not on the socials other than Nikki, no, but but they can reach out to you if they have questions for me. Yes, by all means, you know, reach out to us, uh, slacking majestically01. Oh, we could do an AMA yeah. someday. Yeah, absolutely. At yahoo.com, slacking majestically01, yahoo.com. You can always, of course, subscribe, like, make comments, do whatever you need to for this show. I'll always get back to you, always answer every single email that comes down the pike. Um, of course, once again, Walker76. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I totally forgot now. Told you. See? Don't, don't even bother. So. <laughs> But thank you for listening to the show. I totally botched the ending. But um, Jesse, thank you once again. I appreciate it. Thank you, my dear friend. Where's my ice cream? We'll get her more ice cream later. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week.